Welcome back to the Section K Podcast. Today's Tuesday, January the 28th. On today's episode, we're going to discuss some of the champions and some other folks that had some success out at the 41st edition of the Augusta Futurity. After we discuss some champions at the Augusta Futurity, we unfortunately discuss the sudden passing of Kobe Bryant and his beloved daughter and seven others aboard a helicopter that went down in California yesterday. So be sure to stick around for some Mamba talk toward the end of the show. Um, Just a sad loss overall for the sporting world, for sure. This episode of the Section K podcast is brought to you by Equine Extreme Performance. EXP offers an all-natural, drug-free supplement built for the equine industry. They've built these products using cutting-edge technology to deliver the highest quality product available to you and your horse. How do they know it was right for your horse? Because EXP was designed by horsemen and they understand what your horse needs. EXP relates to every aspect of your business, especially the health of your horse. EXP was designed by Hall of Fame cutting horse trainer, Matt Miller. Be sure to visit www.expequine.com and enter Section K at checkout to receive 10% off your next order. That's promo code Section K to receive 10% off your next EXP order. thought it was pretty fitting after we released our interview with Mr. Austin Shepard. He went out to Augusta and completed the Shepard sweep, we'll go ahead and call it. Um, Mr. Austin Shepard was the four-year-old Open champion. Riding kinky boots, he marked a 226. He was also the 5'6 Open champion, marking a 230 on dual rayish. And then he was the 41 Open champion aboard Sir Longleg. So that was pretty sweet after we put Big A's interview out, um, seeing him have loads of success out there in Augusta, as well as his son Cade won the 5'6 non-pro riding Barney Ross. Some other champions out in Augusta. The four-year-old intermediate open champion was Jesse Pritchard and who you call in shorty. In the 5-6 open intermediate, Raven and Ben Johnson marked a 220 for that title. The 5-6 amateur and 5-6 intermediate amateur champion, as well as a 5-6 non-pro finalist, uh, shout out Corey Rousey in dual prime time. That pair made the long trip out to Augusta, Georgia and made it worthwhile. And then big shout-out to Jordan Vaughn and CR Tough Caddy Trey. Uh, that pair picked up two championships out in Augusta. He was the four-year-old non-pro champion as well as the four-year-old amateur champion. So those were kind of some highlights from the Augusta fraternity. So big congratulations to everyone that went out to Augusta and picked up some checks. I know that's a long drive all the way out to Augusta if you're coming from Texas. So a big shout-out to everyone that went out and supported the Augusta fraternity. Uh, man, what about the clinic that Austin put on out there in Augusta, CBL? Yeah, you know, uh, I, one other thing to to add on, I mean, Austin being fairly dominant at that show this year, uh, since 2008, he has won the four-year-old Open six times, and this is coming from the Augusta Fraternity's website, so... Uh, I mean, you know, Austin, you see, you see him go everywhere and, and always compete at a high level. Uh, and then when you go, go see him at a show, dominate every single class. I mean, you, you kind of expect it that it's going to happen. And you're not really shocked when Austin goes and, and dominates like that. Yeah, he pretty much is the king of the East Coast. I would 
dare to say. Um, it doesn't matter if it's Jackson, Augusta, Perry, Georgia, anywhere that guy goes, all along Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, Alabama, you name it, uh, they're going to dominate. And, man, they sure did a job out in Augusta, Georgia. Six championships in 12 years, that's 50%. So he basically wins a four-year-old Open every other year. He's batting 500. <laughs> that's pretty good if we're talking baseball. Uh, some other uh, cool things that I came across look at looking on uh, the Augusta Fatuity website, there's been several transcendent horses and riders that have won the four-year-old at Augusta. Uh, and I'm not saying that these are – the best six that have won it, but these are just the six that stuck out in my mind. Uh, 2009, Don't Look Twice in Phil Rapp. 2008, Highbrow CD in Austin Shepard. 2003, Chiquita Pistol in Tag Rice. 1999, Playing Stylish in Kathy Dawn. 1996, Play Gun in Jody Gallion. In 1984, Royal Blue Boon in Larry Reeder. So, I mean, that's that's a lot of history uh, going on and champions being made and legacies being made in, in uh, that arena in Augusta, Georgia. I hope nobody gets mad at me for this, but I had no idea that Jody Gallion showed Playgun. Mm-hmm. Learned something new today, CBL, so thanks for teaching the people something. You definitely enlightened me on who Playgun was ridden by in the open division, so that's pretty cool. Those are some... Like you said, CBL, transcendent horses that um, have really had left, I mean, astronomical footprints on our industry, whether it's breeding or in the show pen. So that's really cool. I thought it was really awesome seeing someone like Corey Rousey, who hauled all last year, uh, won the 50M, and then picking up right off on that on that right foot going out to Augusta and winning two two divisions in the amateur and making the non-pro finals. Uh, that's really, I mean, that's a lot of runs for one horse, and that just goes to show you um, the training program and, and just uh, the care that obviously uh, she puts into her horses uh, to, to make them hold up for, for that many runs. So you, you love to see the amateurs compete at a high level in the non-pro. Amen. It's good for the sport. Amen. So... Yeah, big congratulations to everyone that made the trip out to Augusta and uh, had some success out there. I uh, look forward to uh, hopefully making it out there one day. I'd love love to go have an excuse to go at least drive up to Magnolia Lane. You can't drive down Magnolia Lane, but you can damn sure drive up to it and, and look down Magnolia Lane. So maybe I'll make my way out to Augusta and ha- hit that cut in one day. Okay, Rod, uh, just for you personally, in my opinion, that's maybe – should be at the top of your bucket list for shows to go to just because you would get to experience a cutting. And then also like the vibe of golf in that city is, it's crazy. I mean, cause you know, I mean, I'm not a huge golf fan. So for me to notice how, how much of an impact golf has had on that, that city, I, I know you would just absolutely love it. Yeah, and also a big, big shout-out you mentioned, just the experience, and big shout-out to Mark Michaels. Drove all the way out to Augusta uh, for the fraternity. It was CHC's first year of doing the coverage, 
out at uh, Augusta doing the webcast, doing the live scoring, doing the whole deal. And I thought Mark did a great job, uh, whether it was Snapchat, Facebook, the live scoring, um, really documenting that there were tons of people in the stands at pretty much every finals, pretty much every day. So I thought that was really cool. I know I've been told countless times that everybody wants to go to Augusta just so they can get get put up on that billboard for winning the four-year-old open so um, obviously like you mentioned CBL uh, just the experience and just the event and uh, uh, what it means to that city and that area so yeah I, I hope to make it to the Augusta Augusta Georgia slash Aiken South Carolina area sooner than later to hopefully play some golf and show some horses This episode of the Section K Podcast is brought to you by OK Brand Fencing. Committed to providing the highest quality fencing products at the most competitive prices since 1979. A family-owned and operated company headquartered in Medill, Oklahoma, OK Brand is proud to provide 100% American melted and American made fencing products. Whether it's max tight horse for your turnouts, horse panels for your stall, or barbed wire and field fence for your cattle. OK Brand is the brand to trust. OK Brand Fencing. Ask for it by name at your favorite farm and ranch fencing supplier. Learn more online at okbrand.com. Have a good time. Enjoy life. It's, um, life is too short to, to, to get bogged down, to be discouraged. or um, You have to keep moving. You have to keep going. Put one foot in front of the other, smile, and just keep on rolling. You know, and uh, that's that's what really is, this camp is about. Well, as the people have come to hear and listen on the Section K podcast, myself, Cody, and Colbrin are all three avid sports fans, uh, whether it's NFL, fantasy football, uh, March Madness, um, really any kind of sports talk, talking golf with, with Bo Gallion. Um, man, it's just something that is part of our lives and kind of a part of our DNA. And yesterday... Man, Cody was the first to break uh, some news, some unfortunate, devastating news uh, that Kobe Bryant and eight others perished in a helicopter crash in Calabasas, California. And man, it was just it was just a weird day for me yesterday. It was a really sad day. I uh, set in for uh, set in. I was in Weatherford, hanging out with the family, and settled in to gamble on some college basketball, watch Tiger at Torrey Pines, and Man, just when I got that news, it just I didn't even care about the bets that I'd put in. I I really just wanted to watch Tiger and and really figure out if he knew what was going on. I mean, obviously, for me, Tiger Woods and Kobe Bryant are, and obviously Michael Jordan. Those three are like the. I mean, those are my three heroes as a kid. Like that's who. I mean, I had posters of all three of those guys, whether it was in our game room, in my room. Like that's who I looked up to. So. It was just a weird day yesterday. Again, thoughts and prayers to um, Vanessa Bryant and their family and, again, all, all other uh, of the passengers that, that perished on board that helicopter. But, man, what a weird day. What a weird day yesterday. It's been crazy watching uh, ESPN, watching really any news outlet. Uh, it's been covering, uh, talking to former NBA players, talking to former executives, and talking to just really just celebrities in general. I mean, you saw – the Grammys last night and just, I mean, you heard Alicia Keys mention Staples Center. That's the house that Kobe built. And it's just like, man, like where, where, where does the sports world and the basketball world specifically, uh, how do they move on and how do they cope with this just devastating loss? But man, guys, I just kind of wanted to 
pick y'all's brains and talk about Kobe Bryant just because man what he, he's he means so much not only as a sports figure to us in our lifetimes but uh, just the way that guy approached life uh, I mean you you've heard people talk about it this, this second chapter of his life he was really just getting started and and I mean he's, he's Academy Award winner had had four four kids and was really focusing all his time and um, devoting all his effort to not only his own kids, but other people's kids. I mean, you hear people like Matt Barnes talking about the last time he saw Kobe was when he was working out his sons. And it's just, it's crazy to, to see someone that, I mean, we feel like was immortal and invincible that, that they're just suddenly gone. It's just, it's just crazy. Yeah. One thing that, I mean, I hope that people understand from our perspective, um, that maybe, aren't a big sports fan is you know we don't necessarily or it may seem sometimes that we it comes across that some of these players we idolize that they can do no wrong but it's for me personally it's not necessarily that but you get to witness people in the spotlight 24 7 um where they can make mistakes just like us average joes do and being able to see people get through adversity every single day and they you know you you only get to see their games you get to watch their games you don't know what they did during the day you don't know any of that but you get to see um them go out there and perform each night and and they they don't let any of that other or the greats don't let any of the other stuff bother them and you know so you know Kobe Bryant is not even you probably wouldn't be be on my necessarily on my list of top five favorite players, but you know, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, the Kobe Bryant's impact on my life and millions of other people's lives, uh, he's he's at the top of any player that has impacted my life. Just in the fact of, you know, just going out and there's this guy out there just saying that he just wants it more than anybody. And, and for for a person like me living out in the middle of nowhere that where we joke about it, I mean, those are things that without people like that, it's just impossible for me to sometimes look forward to 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 want to be or to know how to go forward. And, uh, you know, so that's that's one thing that I hope people understand that it's not just about us idolizing some guy that played sports. It goes way beyond that. Yeah, and I thought it was. I mean, you mentioned just you you wouldn't have him in your top five of say favorite favorite uh, athletes or favorite basketball players of all time. But I mean, whether you loved him or hated him, you you respected him and you respected the hell out of him because that dude was just a cold blooded killer. It didn't matter where he was, what he was doing. I mean, he changed the game of basketball. Nowadays, what guards are winning? First team all defense like that guy locked it up on D. He would drop fifty on your best player like. I mean, I'm talking basketball, but it's just like, man, just I grew up watching, like yeah. living in in the central time zone. I grew up going to bed with Kobe Bryant. It sounds so weird to say, but like all those finals, the three-peat, the Western Conference finals. I yeah, mean, and they played late at night yeah, too because I mean, he's in the West Coast Exactly. Anyways. So all those games tipping at 9.05 central time, like that's what I went to bed to watching 
watching Kobe and Shaq embracing after they they won three championships in a row and and I mean that's that's some of my earliest sports memories and and I thought it was really interesting listening to Barstool Radio like and in a in a blog actually that I post on Facebook that everyone should go and read that that Coley on Barstool just talking about how fragile life is and and just talking about how how you wake up one day and, and you feel like like none of these people are ever going to be gone. Like the NBA is supposed to market Kobe Bryant when he's an old man, like they're marketing Bill Russell. He's supposed to be sitting courtside when he's 65, shit talking little little Bronny James and shit talking all that that next young generation that's coming up through the AAU. And he was supposed to be somebody that was that was going to be around for a long time. And it's it's crazy. I mean, he wasn't Michael Jordan. I think Michael Jordan. I mean, that's in my opinion, the best athlete of all time. But for a lot of people and for our generation, he was Michael Jordan because that's all he was. Yeah, he was the he was the person in between, say, LeBron James and and Michael Jordan. So But he was still a superstar. Yeah. And like we talked earlier and I wasn't sure if we should really even put like the Kobe talk on our podcast, but then you look at how many people he impacted, especially after after basketball like he was so into helping his kids and helping them get better and making them be their best and then like you listen to the podcast where he talks about business and his mindset how mamba mentality you know rolled over into his business and it's just crazy how many different people that he impacted because we all grew up and whether we were shooting hoops you know in the backyard or playing organized basketball we were all trying to be just like Kobe because that was the one that we grew up watching yeah I think it's interesting you mentioned just about the business side because I think Kobe Bryant is without a doubt one of the most say intellectually curious human beings on planet earth like the guy was fluent in Italian like he could yeah he had lived an inter- interesting life yeah I so mean he I mean, and, grew up overseas and he Germany. did so many great things for I mean whether it was youth sports and then you see the impact he's had on women's basketball and the WNBA and women's college basketball. And I mean, that's after all the bullshit that he's been through and all the crap that he's been through. And I think for me, one of the biggest things and one of the biggest reasons I'm a huge Kobe Bryant fan is I feel like you see a guy make a 180. You see a guy like you kind of see a shift in priorities, say, from the year 2006 to the year 2019 when all he cares about is taking his daughter to NBA games all over the country and breaking down game tape and and I mean he doesn't have to do that but that's he wants to pass down his legacy just like Colburn your dad wants to pass down to you and just like Rock Headland wants to do with you Cody and, and when it comes to training cutting horses it's just crazy you can't, I, I just can't believe he's gone what are some either games or series that stick out in y'all's mind the achilles game when he tore his achilles um stepped to the line and drained two free throws and then just like limped off the court wouldn't let anyone help him just shuffled off the court and we didn't see him for two more years i think it was or close to that and he came back or it was over a year yeah over a year i think he was 34 when that happened 35 when that happened and I mean, I've seen my dad go through an Achilles injury, and those are so hard to come back from, not only physically but mentally. I mean, trying to explode, and Colburn, you're a basketball player. You played basketball at a pretty high level. I mean, 
exploding and and cutting like that's kind of the name of the game in basketball like you got to be able to jump and run and and change directions fast and and like to me that was the most impressive thing for me and I mean more evidence of him just being a superhuman is is that he was able to recover from such a devastating injury and come back and then I mean I'd be a fool not to mention the 61 points that he dropped in his last game like that's I remember being, I think I was just out of college and, and hanging out. I think I was at a, at a bar, the Aardvark, uh, on TCU campus with a couple of friends. And I just remember being there just casually and like, oh, we're going to get out of here. And next thing you know, we're there for two extra hours, just like completely captivated Wasn't it by the moment. the Super I think that's right. I think because that- I, I, I think I was in uh, our apartment in, in Fort Worth watching – the end of it yeah shout out ross shout out ross walker i I watched that game with him and i just remember we were planning on going home and hanging out and we didn't even really care but it was just like holy shit what this guy's doing is unbelievable and man i'm just sad that younger generations aren't gonna be able to i mean obviously his game tape's gonna live on forever in youtube and everything speaks for itself but it's just Man, I, just yesterday, getting calls from like West Galleon. We talked. He he wanted to be a basketball player. Everybody heard, and like just call me after he had seen the news and and just being like, man, this can't be real. Like, how is Kobe gone? Like, how like that's like what? Like how like it just can't be. I mean, that's the other thing. Like seeing it on TMZ. Like that's I don't associate like you don't associate like someone. I mean, not, I don't want to necessarily say close to me, but like I felt like. Kobe was close to me just because like I've mentioned, like I grew up with him, but like, I, like I was thinking that it was wrong for probably about a half hour. Just like, there's no way this is true. There's no way. It just can't be, it can't be true. Cody, what about you on a game or series that sticks out? Well, I don't want to talk about some series. I'll just pick a generic game. Uh, we lost to him in the Western conference finals. Shout out Sacramento Kings. Um, anyways, but I think watching that last game as well, just thinking like, man, he knows this is his last game. Everybody knows it's his last game. They all know that he's going to get the ball. And whether they were trying to play defense or not, like he was still like – Knocking dra- them down. Yeah, draining buckets, like whether they were contested or uncontested. I mean, he was just putting on a clinic, and it was just like a curtain call or an encore, like – just this is the final act, and, and this is how it's going to be. And then just to cap off, it was like when Derek Jeter retired and he w- retired the final game and won it on a walk-off double or something, wasn't it? It was just like like a walk-off home run for Kobe. And it was just, yeah, I don't want to talk about the other ones because they <laughs> made me sad when I was a little kid. But, <laughs> but that was the same thing. Like I grew up not liking Kobe. I was a Sacramento Kings fan and the Kings and the Lakers had a couple meetings in the Western Conference playoffs and <clears throat> you rooted against him all the time and then as I got older and then watched his career and and then seeing all the stuff he's done after basketball, I mean, you can't help but not respect him and respect the person that he became and respect his game and it's it's just a surreal feeling to think that like I mean he was our Michael Jordan for our era and it was it's crazy to lose him in like a devastating fashion like this yeah uh you know I'm gonna probably ha- I'm gonna go with a series 
Um, and it's not necessarily all about Kobe, but in the 2004 Western Conference Finals against the Spurs, Duncan drained a fadeaway at the top of the key to go ahead one point. And they went, Lakers went back down with four-tenths of a second on the clock and thinking that, that there's no way that they're going to get a shot up. And Derek Fisher drained a two-pointer to go ahead. And they, the Lakers run off the court ahead to their locker room. It was r- right in the, the, the beginning stages of actually having replay. Uh, but that, that series, uh, to me, sticks out the, the most because it was, I mean, my favorite team's the Spurs. The Spurs were really good then. And, and Kobe and Shaquille O'Neal, Rick Fox, uh, Derek Fisher, those were always battles with the Spurs, Spurs and Lakers. Those, ga- those games were always fun. But, you know, with Co- a team led by Kobe, there was a majority of times, just like Cody's saying, is you came on the losing end and you were mad because Kobe was so good. Yeah, I, I think it's just – I was talking to one of my buddies back from Midland that's one of the well, – I mean, he's the biggest Kobe Bryant fan, the biggest Laker fan, obviously, being from West Texas. There's not tons of L.A. Laker fans, but this guy, Tom Statton, I'll shout you out wherever you are, but – Man, that guy, he, he's one of the biggest just overall Kobe Bryant fans. It didn't matter what he was, what he was doing. It didn't matter if he was making movies, cartoons, like he, like he won an Academy Award for. But, man, it was, just, it was some of the most gut-riching news for me since, like, 9-11. Like, I remember where I was on 9-11. Um, I remember what I was doing. And just like yesterday, like, I'll always remember... Cody Headland was the first person that told me that Kobe Bryant died. It was just, it was just bananas. But another thing I wanted to point out was like, we talk about Barstool and we joke about that, but like they, they were talking today about an interview they did with him. And you talk about a guy that, that has been so successful in life. He doesn't have to work a day in his life. And, and listening to Hank and Big Cat talk about like they're, they're coming to set up three hours before the interview or whatever, and get Mike set up and, and do Mike tests. And next thing they know, like Kobe Bryant's in his office at 6:30 a.m. Like that's just the type of dude he was. Like he was, he was so utterly obsessed with perfecting his craft and working hard that I mean no you couldn't stop the guy. Yeah, it didn't matter if he was writing scripts for movies or jotting down ideas for the next. I mean, shoes. Or yeah, whatever. I mean that's just the type of dude he was, and and I thought that spoke volumes just to the work ethic and just the grind. That, that that guy put in during his his lifetime here on earth and that's why i think people respected him so much even after basketball is because he worked harder than anybody else and that's what made him great and yes he had a god-given talent obviously to put a ball through a bucket but he was in the gym before everybody every day and that's the same way he worked afterwards and it's it's a good mentality to have in life i feel like I mean, you and I talk about mentalities like just with cutting and and we approach it a lot differently. And that's what's surreal to me is like listening to all this Kobe stuff today. It's just like, wow, like that's why he was beloved by so many people, not because of the things that happened during his basketball career. Those are what gave him the platform to talk about the grind and the work ethic that it takes to become that. 
Yeah. I mean, you pretty much hit the nail on the head there. But, you know, we all, I mean, all of us, we want to... We want to be better. We all want to do better. Uh, and there's just people out there, and it doesn't have to be sports icons to everybody, but there is people out there that you look to for advice that you hardly ever or may never even actually have a conversation with. And being able to have that person to go back to uh, and, and hear things that they have said uh, is a very powerful thing, and like Caden said earlier, um, I mean, Kobe Bryant to me is he's immortal, and with that, that means that he's supposed to be live well after I'm dead, just because I how much what pedestal he is on, you know. So I mean, it, it's just kind of it's a it's weird, it's very weird. When you talked about like you grew up with Kobe, but think about the millions of kids that were our age that they worship basketball more than we did. I mean, yeah. like mm-hmm. the, the Colburns are, or better that lived right there in LA where he was winning those championships. And then like, that's, that's the kind of impact that a guy like Kobe had. I mean, to yeah. bring a city together, like you said, build the Staples center basically. And it's, it's just unreal. Yeah, it's just like him and Michael Jordan. That's who made me love the game of basketball. Like that's why I wanted to play. You know, like well, and just, even if you didn't know, if even if you weren't a fan of basketball, you still knew who Michael Jordan was. Yeah, or you still know who Michael Jordan is, and you still knew who Kobe Bryant was. Like it, it doesn't matter. Like these, those, that's the kind of person and athlete he was. Is he? You knew him because of the impact he made on the world, not necessarily just in the sports community. Yeah, I'm going to leave it with this, but I thought this was a pretty pretty telling tweet of just the type of guy Kobe was. Shout out B-Walk, SEC on Twitter. But he said in the last year or two, I've noticed every time you saw Kobe, he had his little girl with him, teaching her, leading her. Forget about the player he was. That's the kind of dad I want to be. And I think that's a, that's a lesson and just a, a motivation for everyone to – I mean, it's not exactly what you're doing. It's how you're doing it and – who you're inspiring and who you're pushing to be the best they can be. I mean, somebody's always watching. You're always told that as a kid. And I feel like sometimes you don't understand it. Yeah. And now it's just really driven home now more than ever. Not only that, but just how precious life is and hug everyone that's around you that you love and tell them that you love them because it may seem cheesy at that, at that certain given time or whatever it may be. But I mean, it's, if it's real, if you don't ever tell tell someone that you you may you may regret it down the road. So I think that's uh, sorry for the the super serious episode of Section K today, but it was just something something that had really been weighing heavy on all three of us for the last 24 hours. Kobe Bryant was such an inspirational figure in I mean our generation's lives in general. So I thought it was pretty fitting and and um, necessary that we we talk about what he meant to us. So. Um, once again, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and the other seven folks that were aboard that helicopter. Um, going to be a long, dusty road ahead, but hopefully everyone can get through it. So thanks again for tuning in to the Section K podcast. Uh, we'll be seeing y'all down the road.
One last thing for the folks. Kobe!